Dear loving Father in heaven, thank you Lord for how you have sustained our lives, especially with your word. We thank you Father for the blessings you've been giving to us and how you have been protecting us and supplying to us edification and building us up in the most holy faith. We have come to you once again for our daily manner that you may give us food to eat today. Lord, give us our daily bread, we pray. We ask, Lord, that the words that we hear shall be food to our soul. Your word has said, Blessed are those who hunger and test for righteousness, and they shall be filled. Lord, please fill us now. Put your words in my mouth, dear Lord, and I pray, Lord, for the outpouring of your Spirit upon all of us, that we will rightly divide the word of truth, that all that we will hear will inspire us with hope, with courage, and comfort our souls to the end that we will be prepared for your coming. In Jesus' name I've prayed. Amen. Conflict and Courage April 26 The Prize of Eli Lying lips are abomination to the Lord, but they that deal truly are his delight. Proverbs chapter 12 verse 22 From Shechem, the Israelites returned to their encampment at Gilgal. Here, they were soon after visited by a strange deputation who desired to enter into treaty with them. The ambassadors represented that they had come from a distant country, and this seemed to be confirmed by their appearance. Their clothing was old and worn, their sandals were patched, their provisions moldy, and the skins that served them for wine bottles were rent and bound up as if hastily repaired on the journey. These representations prevailed, and Joshua made peace with them and made a league with them to let them leave, and the princes of the congregation swear unto them. Thus, the treaty was entered into. But it would have fared better with the Gibeonites had they dealt honestly with Israel. While their submission to Jehovah secured the preservation of their lives, their deception brought them only disgrace and servitude. God had made provision that all who would renounce hedonism and connect themselves with Israel should share the blessings of the covenant. They were included under the term the stranger that sojourneth among you, and with few exceptions, this class were to enjoy equal favors and privileges with Israel. The Lord's direction was, If a stranger sojourn with thee in your land, ye shall not vex him. But the stranger that dwelleth with you shall be unto you as one born among you, and thou shalt love him as thyself. Leviticus chapter 19 verse 33 and 34. Such was the footing on which the Gibeonites might have been received, but for the deception to which they had resorted, it was no light humiliation to those citizens of a real city. All the men whereof were mighty to be made hewers of wood and drawers of water throughout their generations. But they had adopted the garb of poverty for the purpose of deception, 
and it was fastened upon them as a badge of perpetual servitude. Thus, through all their generations, their servile condition would testify to God's hatred of falsehood. Amen. The title of our devotion is The Price of a Lie. Our key text is taken from Proverbs chapter 12, verse 22, expressing God's view of falsehood. It says, Lying lips are abomination to the Lord, but they that deal truly are his delight. It's very easy for us to point to things that our mind perceives as gruesome, and then we say, Oh, abomination. But here, God sees a lying lip as detestable to him. Abomination, it is detestable to the Lord. He does not like it. And that's a lesson for us. You know, in our previous devotions, we have been talking about the things that are the accursed and detestable things within us. We need to check ourselves whether there is a deceptive and lying lips with us and put it away from us. So today we are looking at the incidents that happened after the conquer of Ai. The way that Israelites were moving had sent a ripple around the neighboring nations, especially in Canaan. And some other nations were gathering up themselves to either fight or run away. Like Jericho, they didn't fight. They trusted to the walls of their city that it will not be brought down. And they dared Israel to come in. The Lord brought it down. Angels of the Lord brought it down. And there were other nations who were taking other measures. Like some were coming together, like the Hivites, the Perizzites, the Jebusites, the Hittites, the Amorites. They made a league together to come together to fight against the Israelites. But there was one mighty nation that, to some extent, were intelligent, but their intelligence did not go as far as it should go. They could see the end of the matter, and they understood that fighting against Israel is a no-brainer. They will lose. They understood that there was something divine about the way Israel was going, and they resorted to another measure than just to go and fight. Reading from the book of Joshua chapter 9 says, And it came to pass, when all the kings which were on this side Jordan, in the hills and in the valleys, and in all the coasts of the great sea, over against Lebanon, the Hittite and the Amorites, the Canaanite, the Perizzite, the Hivite and the Jebusite, heard thereof, that they gathered themselves together to fight with Joshua and with Israel with one accord. And when the inhabitants of Gibeon heard what Joshua had done unto Jericho and to Ai, they did work willingly, and went and made as if they had been ambassadors, and took old sacks upon their asses and wine bottles old and rent and bound up, and old shoes and clouted upon their feet, and old garments upon them, and all the bread of their provision was dry and moldy. And they went to Joshua unto the camp of Gilgal, and said unto him, and to the men of Israel, we be come from a far country. Now therefore make ye a league with us. And the men of Israel said unto the Hivites, Peradventure ye dwell among us, and how shall we make a league with you? And they said unto Joshua, We are thy servants. And Joshua said unto him, Who are you? And from whence come you? And they said unto him, From a very far country thy servants are come, because of the name of the Lord thy God, for we have heard the fame of him and all that he did in Egypt, and all that 
he did to the two kings of the Amorites that were beyond Jordan, to Sihon king of Heshbon, and to Og king of Bashan, which was at Ashtaroth. Wherefore our elders and all the inhabitants of our country speak to us, saying, Take victuals, victuals with you for the journey, and go to meet them, and say unto them, We are your servants. Therefore now make ye a league with us. You see, these people were really well informed. They even knew about Egypt. And you will see later that they even knew the name of Moses. They knew the man. Verse 12 says, This our bread we took hot for our provision out of our houses on the day we came forth to go unto you. But now, behold, it is dry and it is moldy. And these bottles of wine which we filled were new. And behold, they be rent, and these are garments and our shoes, and are become old by reason of the very long journey. And the men took up their victuals and asked not counsel at the mouth of the Lord. And Joshua made peace with them and made a league with them to let them live and the princes of the congregation swear unto them now here was a mistake made by joshua and the princes they did not ask the lord on what to do if not god would have told them what these people were doing so joshua should have asked from the lord and he would have known what to do and it's a lesson for us we the lord is always accessible to us and we can ask questions from him so that he can direct us now Joshua eventually with the princes found out that they were deceived. In Joshua 9 verse 17, it says, And the children of Israel journeyed and came unto their cities on the third day. Now their cities were Gibeon and Chephira and Berot and Kijajerim. And Joshua, verse 22, And Joshua called for them. And he spake unto them, saying, Wherefore have you beguiled us, saying, We are, from, we are very far from you, when you dwell among us? And then he proceeded to tell them what their punishment will be. You see, the story of the Gibeonites reminds me a lot of the unjust steward. Like we usually say, it is better to be a gateman, a servant in the house of the Lord, than to perish. The Gibeonites practiced deception. But that deception made them enter into a treaty with Israel and they saved their lives. But nevertheless, they were punished for it that they will be drawers of water and these were a royal nation they were mighty men but what they did not know is that they thought the lord was like unto themselves they did not know that if they had at least been open enough to tell the israelites that we will worship your god then it would have been, it would have, be, it would have fared better with them when you look at the parable of that unjust steward he was doing the wrong thing just like the israelites the gibeonites were worshiping other gods when the master of that steward said he was going to sack him. In Luke 16 verse 3, he says, Then the steward said within himself, What shall I do? For my Lord taketh away from me my stewardship. I cannot dig to beg. I am ashamed. I am resolved what to do. That when I am put out of the stewardship, they may receive me into their houses. So he called every one of his Lord's debtors unto him, and said unto the first, How much owest thou unto my Lord? And he said, An hundred measures of oil. And he said unto him, Take thy bill and sit down quickly and write fifty. And this steward continued to do the same thing for many people who were owing his master, reducing their bills for them, so that when the when his master sacks him, he would find favor in the eyes of those people. You see, the Gibeonites were going to lose their lives, no doubt, if they were not serving God. But they did something that, though they became servants, which was a punishment for them, at least it was still better than what happened to the other nations who were completely destroyed. But then we have to look at the fact that they achieved lower than what they could have gotten the lord had promised that they were anybody who is a stranger that wants to worship him will be highly welcome you see the lord is not exclusive he is inclusive 
it is not by your descent or by your race or the color of your skin that the Lord accepts people or accepts you. It is just by submitting to his will and the privileges that is given to those of Israel will be given to you. Talking about the Gibeonites as we just read uh, in our devotion, their misrepresentation, God hates it. It's an abomination to him. Uh, But because of the league they had entered into with Israel, they were spared their lives. Reading Patriarchs and Prophets, page 505, paragraph 3 says, These representations prevailed. The Hebrews asked not counsel at the mouth of the Lord, and Joshua made peace with them and made a league with them. Thus the treaty was entered into. The Gibeonites had resorted to stratagem to preserve their lives. Great was the indignation of the Israelites as they learned the deception that had been practiced upon them, and this was heightened when after three days, after three days' journey, they reached the cities of the Gibeonites near the center of the land. All the congregation murmured against the princes, but the latter refused to break the treaty, though secured by fraud, because they had sworn unto them by the Lord God of Israel, and the children of Israel smote them not. The Gibeonites had pledged themselves to renounce idolatry. So that's a very important point. The Gibeonites had pledged themselves to renounce idolatry and accept the worship of Jehovah. And the preservation of their lives was not a violation of God's command to destroy the idolatrous Canaanites. Hence, the Hebrews had not by their oath pledged themselves to commit sin. And though the oath had been secured by deception, it was not to be disregarded. The obligation to which one's word is pledged if it do not bind them to perform a wrong act, should be held sacred. No consideration of gain, of revenge, or of self-interest can in any way affect the inviolability of an oath or pledge. Lying lips are abomination to the Lord. Proverbs 12 verse 12. He that shall ascend unto the hill of the Lord and stand in his holy place is he that sweareth to his own heart and changeth not. Psalm 24 verse 3 and 15 verse 4. From here we learn a lesson, even in your businesses. No matter what is going on in your business, as far as you have said this is what you are going to do, you have to keep to your word even if it is going to hurt you. And we read it in the book of Psalm 15 verse 4. The people that will stand before the holy hill of the Lord included among them are those that swear to their own heart and change it not. The people of Israel had sworn to their own heart and they were not supposed to change their word. As far as the people, even though it was true deception, they had to keep to their word and fulfill what they said they would do. Now, we know that it's like we read in Devotion, Conflict and Courage, page 122, paragraph 4. It would have fared better with the Gibeonites had they dealt honestly with Israel. Because God had given a promise in his word, and this promise is for all of us who are listening. Wonderful promise it is in Leviticus 19 verse 33 and 34. The Lord said, If a stranger shall sojourn with thee in your land, you shall not vex him. But the stranger that dwelleth with you shall be unto you as one born among you, and thou shalt love him as thyself. Look at that. The Lord tells us to love the stranger who sojourns among us as we love ourselves. There is not to be any division of race and tribe and ethnicity and nationality. As far as we are all worshipping the same God, it doesn't matter where anybody came from. We are to be one. They are to be regarded as one who is born among you. That is what the Lord said. In other words, he's one of you, exactly like you. You see, God is very merciful and he extended his help to every nation. Strangers were not excluded from the blessing of God. Anyone who comes to him, he will in no wise cast out. Jesus himself said it in John 6 verse 37. All that the Father giveth me shall come to me. 
and him that cometh to me I will in no wise cast out. Among the Israelites, there was one family who must have witnessed this thing that happens to the Gibeonites with mixed feelings because they know what it is like to be in the shoes of the Gibeonites. This family would have looked at the Gibeonites and wished, oh, you just made a mistake. If only you had just proposed to serve the God of Israel, it would have fared better with you. They understood it far better than any other family. This family were once, even perhaps, who knows, worse than the Gibeonites by their description. But here they were, partakers of the Lord's blessing according to Leviticus 19 verse 33, considered as people born among the Israelites with the privileges of one who is an Israelite. This family was from that vile city called Jericho. The woman called Rahab and her family, they knew what it was like to be in the shoes of the Gibeonites, but Rahab understood what it means to taste of the goodness and the mercy of God as a stranger. Joshua chapter 2 reading from verse 1 when Joshua sent the spies to Jericho there was this woman not just any kind of woman but is described consistently in the word of God as a harlot this vile person was able to get the victory in the song we usually sing the dying thief rejoiced to see that fountain in his day and there may I though vile as he wash all my sins away. This song could apply to Rahab and her family. She was a vile person, but her sins were washed away because she by faith was saved. Like I said, Joshua 2 reading from verse 1, it says, And Joshua the son of Nun sent out of Shittim two men to spy secretly, saying, Go view the land, even Jericho. And they went and came into an harlot's house named Rahab and lodged there. Now Jericho the king knew that there were some spies that came and tried to find them out but Rahab helped them and preserved them so that the people who came to look for these spies did not find them in her house. Now reading from verse 9, And she said unto the men, I know that the Lord has given you the land. The Gibeonites, they also knew that. And that your terror is falling upon us and that all the inhabitants of the land faint because of you. For we have heard how the Lord dried up the water of the Red Sea for you when you came out of Egypt, and what you did unto the kings of the Amorites that were on the other side Jordan, Sihon and Og, whom you utterly destroyed. And as soon as we had heard these things, our hearts did melt. Neither did there remain any more courage in any man because of you. For the Lord your God, he is God in heaven above and in earth beneath now therefore i pray you swear unto me by the lord since i have showed you kindness that you will also show kindness unto my father's house and give me a true token and that ye will save alive my father and my mother and my brethren and my sisters and all that they have and deliver our lives from death and the men answered her our life for yours if ye utter not this our business and it shall be when the Lord hath given us the land that we will deal kindly and truly with thee. Then she let them down by cord through the window, for her house was upon the town wall, and she dwelt upon the wall. And she said unto them, Go to the mountain, lest the pursuers meet you, and hide yourselves there three days until the pursuers be returned, and afterward may ye go your way. 
And the men said unto her, We will be blameless of this thine oath which thou hast made us swear. Behold, when we come into the land, thou shalt bind this line of scarlet thread in the window which thou didst let us down by. And thou shalt bring thy father and thy mother and thy brethren and all thy father's household home unto thee. So here is someone who had the same knowledge that the Gibeonites had. And it's remarkable to realize what the Lord had done in the countries around. Imagine that as far as Jericho, down to the Gibeonites land and to the Perizzites and Hittites and the Amorites, they had heard the fame of the Lord. How that the Lord dried the Red Sea. When was that? How old was Rahab when that happened? I wonder. I mean, the Lord dried the Red Sea 45 years ago. That was a long time. And now, 45 years later, the people are still talking about the drying of the Red Sea when the Egyptians were destroyed there. And then, just a few years before, they had heard also of the destruction of Og and Sihon and the Amorites and also uh, the other nations that were destroyed by the Israelites by Moses before he died. Rahab knew it. She grew up with this knowledge and now she's exercising what we call faith. And this is what the Gibeonites did not do. The Gibeonites and Rahab had the same knowledge but Rahab exercised faith and here we see another example of what is going to happen in our own time. There are people in the world who are hearing the fame of the truth of the three angels' messages and at the last days, they are going to join the church of God. Reading from last day events, page 175, paragraph 2, we are told, as trials ticking around us, both separation and unity will be seen in our ranks. Some who are now ready to take up the weapons of warfare will in times of real peril make it manifest that they have not built upon the solid rock. They will yield to temptation. Those who have had great light and precious privileges but have not improved them under one pretext or another go out from among us. End of quote. That's going to be a sad thing. Those who have had light but did not improve it, like Achan, he went out. But Rahab came in. The Gibeonites, true fraud though, but they still came in. There is the shaking out and the shaking in. And then there were also the people who were just at the border of Jordan fell into fornication through the Midianite women. They also fell out while others were coming in. That's how it's going to be. And you see that when Jericho was finally destroyed, Joshua intentionally looked for Rahab. Joshua 6 verse 22 says, But Joshua had said unto the two men that had spied out the country, Go into the harlot's house and bring out tens the woman and all that she had, as you swear unto her. And the young men that were spies went in and brought out Rahab and her father and her mother and her brethren and all that she had. And they brought out all her kindred and left them without the camp of Israel. And they burnt the city of Jericho with fire and all that was therein only the silver and the gold and the vessels of brass and iron they put into the treasury of the house of the Lord. And Joshua saved Rahab the harlot alive and her father's household and all that she had. And she dwelleth in Israel even unto this day because she hid the messengers which Joshua sent to spy out Jericho. Amen. Wonderful deliverance for one who would be a stranger, the vilest of them, and would join themselves to the Lord. And we can still learn from the Gibeonites that you don't need to practice falsehood. You don't need to pretend 
to be a child of God. The Lord is willing to accept everyone. But still talking about Rahab, we need to understand how was she treated among the Israelites? Was she treated as an outcast, as a second-class citizen? No. No matter what it is you are or where you are from. Because Rahab was not just from Jericho. She was also a harlot. That was her profession. Regardless of these two things, first of all, not an Israelite. Secondly, a harlot, which is supposed to be a terrible occupation, a bad one. Yet, by exercising faith in the Lord, this woman attained to one of the best of blessings and privileges that anybody will get. Reading from Hebrews 11 verse 31, we are told, By faith the harlot Rahab perished not with them that believed not when she had received the spies with peace. In James 2 verse 25, we are told, Likewise also was not Rahab the harlot justified by works when she had received the messengers and had sent them out another way? Her works testified to her faith. And what was her works? By helping the Israelite spies. That was her works. And it showed that she believed that the Lord was the people. And she was saved because of it. This woman who was once a harlot started to believe in the Lord God. And the greatest of the blessings is when we look in the book of Matthew chapter 1. Concerning the ancestry of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. We find there this same woman. Rahab the harlot. Wow, reading Matthew 1 from verse 3, talking about the ancestry of Jesus, the people that you know that Jesus came from David. So if you check the ancestry of David, you see that Rahab is a relative, a mother of David. Matthew 1 from verse 3, you know, let us start from the tribe of Judah now. He says, And Judah begat Phares and Zara of Tamar, and Phares begat Eshram, and Eshram begat Aram. And Aram begat Aminadab, and Aminadab begat Nason, and Nason begat Salmon. Now, here is where it stops. Where well, we need to take notes, actually. Salmon begat Booz of Rahab. Why did, the, why did the Bible have to mention the wife? As they were mentioning every other person, just a few were mentioned, like in Matthew 1 verse 3, Tamar is mentioned. But the other men, because we know Tamar, Tamar was the woman who was a one that slept with um, a pretended like a harlot also to sleep with judah and get a child from judah but she, it was because judah was being unjust to her she was a, the the wife of judah's son and she gave it to a son for judah and then in matthew uh, matthew 1 verse 25 he says salmon begat booze of rahab so boaz the man in the book of ruth who married ruth even Ruth's name is here too. He says, And Booz begat Obed of Ruth, and Obed begat Jesse, and Jesse begat David the king, and David begat Solomon of her that had been wife of Urias. From here we see Rahab is Jesse's great-grandmother and is David's great-great-grandmother. The Lord really does not reject anyone who comes to him. Like he said, He that cometh unto me, I will in no wise cast out and Rahab was not cast out. A lying tongue is not a work of faith. The Bible tells us that it is by faith that Rahab the harlot did not perish. When we read Patriarchs and Prophets page 491, it says of Daughters of God page 36 paragraph 3, all the inhabitants of the city of Jericho with every living thing that it contained, both man and woman, young and old and ox and sheep and ass were put to the sword. Only faithful Rahab with her household was spared in fulfillment of the promise of the spies. The city itself was burned. What was the faith? The, Israel, the Gibeonites did not exercise faith. They lied. Faith does not lead you to lying. A lying tongue is not the work of faith. The Gibeonites, one can say, did not express faith. 
they by line submitted themselves to be captives though they were not supposed to be captives like that. If they expressed faith like Rahab, they would have been partakers of the blessing of Israel to the fullest. And not only was it Rahab and her family or the Gibeonites that were strangers that sojourned among the Israelites, there were many more. Even among the Hittites, the Perizzites, there were people who still served the Lord. When you look at the book of 2 Samuel chapter 23, talking about the men of David who were warlike men, who were strong men for David, you see all kinds of names that are mentioned there. And specifically, you know that the Ammonites were not people of God and the Hittites also. They were part of the people that were supposed to be destroyed. But we know the popular man, Uriah the Hittite. Reading 2 Samuel chapter 23, reading from verse 37 and 38, it says, Zelek the Ammonite, Nahariah the Berutite, the Ammobirah to Joab the son of Zeruiah, Ira the Etrite, Gareb the Etrite. And then it goes on to mention Uriah the Hittite. All these people, the Hittites, the Ammonites, they are strangers and yet they were counted as men of war for David. They also believed in the Lord. Truly, like Jesus said in John 6 verse 37, All that the Father giveth me shall come to me, and he that cometh to me, I will in no wise cast out. The Lord is calling all around the world. The word, the salvation, salvation giving the the death of Jesus on the cross of Calvary is not exclusive to Christians so-called. It is for the whole world. And the Lord is calling everyone to be partakers of the blessing. In Isaiah 56, reading from verse 2, the blessing is pronounced. It says, Blessed is the man that doeth this, and the son of man that layeth hold on it, that keepeth the Sabbath from polluting it, and keepeth his hand from doing any evil. Neither let the son of the stranger that has joined himself to the Lord speak, saying, The Lord has utterly separated me from his people. Neither let the eunuch say, Behold, I am a dry tree. For thus saith the Lord unto the eunuchs, that keep my Sabbaths, and choose the things that please me, and take hold of my covenant. Even unto them will I give in my house, and within my walls, a place, and a better name than the sons and of, than of sons and of daughters. I will give them an everlasting name that shall not be cut off. Amen. We can have that everlasting name. Are you a stranger because of your sins? You are like Rahab. The Lord is not rejecting you. He says, all that comes unto me, I will in no wise cast out. Salvation is not exclusive and God is a respecter of no man. He does not reject people because of their race, their color of their skin, their lineage or their ancestry. Anyone who does what is right in his sight and exercises faith in him will receive the same blessings he has pronounced to Israel. Cornelius, the centurion, the woman of Zarephath, the Syrophoenician woman, and many, many others today have been partakers of this blessing. Even myself, I am a stranger. I'm not an Israelite. And we all are strangers in the sense of the fact that we have been sinners like Rahab. And the Lord is opening his doors to all of us. We are not like the Gibeonites to practice deception because that is not a work of faith. Rather, we are to exercise faith in the, law, in the Lord and believe that he is able to pardon us our sins and to spare us. You look at the plea of Rahab telling the two spies, please spare my family. I have been good to you. Please be good to me. And it was also like the unjust steward. The Lord is telling us, make friends of the mammon of unrighteousness. Jesus said in Luke 16 verse 9, And I say unto you, Make to yourselves friends of the mammon of unrighteousness, that when you shall fall, they may receive you into everlasting habitations. What does this mean? We are today to realize where we, wherein we have gone wrong like that unjust steward. And realizing that, 
we have to change our ways and begin to exercise faith in God's word and use our resources, our energies to work in the household of the Lord that the Lord may remember us in his kingdom. As Rahab was also doing the same thing to serve the Lord, realizing that, oh, I'm supposed to perish and she changed her ways. We also realizing we're supposed to perish, change, we have to change our ways. The Lord will welcome everyone. What sin is it that you're looking at in your life that you have committed? Look at how much the Bible described Rahab over and over again. James describes Rahab the harlot. Hebrews still said the same thing, Rahab the harlot. In the book of Joshua, she kept, kept on calling her Rahab the harlot, Rahab the harlot. Making us understand that the Lord wants us to know it doesn't matter what you are today. As far as you would confess, repent, the Lord will receive you. The Gibeonites practiced deception and that was not right. If they had just exercised faith in God's word, they would have been in the same footing as Rahab herself and get the greater blessing. And look at how far the blessing came for Rahab, that she is the great, great grandmother of David. And then she is part of the people who received the blessing of Jacob. Not even the rest of Israel received it. Not even the tribe of Ephraim and Reuben and even not even Levi. She was in the lineage of the people who was the, the one that gave birth to our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. And the Lord can honor you the same way. It doesn't matter what your past has been. As far as you join the Lord, He can give you the same honor that He gave to Rahab. Let us trust the Lord and have faith in Him. And we will be in His kingdom just like Rahab is certainly going to be. Let us pray. Dear Father in heaven, thank you for the message you've given to us today. I pray, Lord, that these words shall inspire faith in a soul that sees that they are going to perish, but realizing that the Lord can forgive, will take advantage of it. Like Rahab the harlot, will make a change in the life. Help us, Lord, not to practice any deception or falsehood like the Gibeonites did, but help us, Lord, to have faith in you. Transform us, Lord, as Rahab was transformed and bring us out of darkness into your marvelous light. Thank you, Lord, for hearing and answering our prayers. In Jesus' name I've prayed. Amen. Thank you.